You are on the Crooked Mile. Join Ed on another fabulous adventure. Thanks very much. Thank you. Welcome again, everyone. Yes, you are on the Crooked Mile. So now, in today's world, technology and information is moving faster than the speed of light. Seriously, light is being left in the dust. And in order to connect with people, you have to be quick and you've got to be on your game. If you want anything to last or remain in the hearts and the minds of the masses, well, good luck. You see, our memory is short and our attention span is that of a puppy dog. Squirrel! And history. Who wants to be bothered with history? History is slow and boring and full of old guys who smell funny and don't know anything of the world today. In an age of unceasing technological and scientific advances, history must be left in the past because it's just not cool. Also, if you cling to the past and uphold it in some glass case and musty old hallowed halls, who's going to follow you? Well, maybe a couple of old guys who smell funny, but that's about it. Well, it doesn't have to be a contest between old and new. The good news is, if you can convince anybody, is that the past, the present, and the future exist all at the same time. I mean, how cool is that? I mean, right now, today, looking back and learning from our own successes and failures, well, that is the roadmap to plot our own futures. And knowing that these three periods coexist, we can now work to put together a good life that is rooted in our family, our faith, our work, and our community. And they say, patience is a virtue. But they also say, he who hesitates is lost. Well, which is it? Well, it's both. It's the balance of wisdom and knowledge. So I have a note here. It reads, He was the number one radio personality. He was number one at the movie box office. Well, maybe number one after Shirley Temple, but I'm not sure. Anyway, he was the nation's number one most sought-after public speaker. He was the number one most read newspaper columnist. He traveled the world and gave generously to charities around the world. And maybe the greatest achievement of all was that he made people smile and feel good about themselves during the Depression, one of America's hardest, darkest times in her history. He was every man's man. He was the cowboy philosopher. His name? Will Rogers. So Will was the youngest of eight children. He was born way back in 1879 on November 4 at the Rogers Ranch in Uliga Indian Territory, which is now Oklahoma. He was actually called Oklahoma's favorite son. His parents, Clem and Mary Rogers, were both of Cherokee descent, and Will Rogers was always very proud of his heritage, and rightly so. Now, Will was a true cowboy, 
growing up on the family ranch, Will learned how to rope and ride early on in his life. He got so good at throwing a rope, so good in fact, that he got placed in the Guinness Book of World Records for throwing three lassos at once. One rope went around the horse's neck, another rope circled around the rider, and the third rope flew under the horse, looping all four of its legs together. And it was this talent and this passion that started Will Rogers down an extraordinary life path. Spinning a rope is fun, Will once said, providing your neck ain't in it. And it was this easygoing, folksy charm and simple profundities like that that helped him become every man's man. Now, Will Rogers, it is said, was a good student in school, but he dropped out in the 10th grade. Rogers later said of himself that he was a poor student, saying that he had studied the fourth grade reader for 10 years. You see, he was much more interested in cowboys and horses, roping and riding. And Will often made fun of education and higher learning. Even though Will dropped out of school, he was very much pro-education, or maybe anti-ignorant, or however you want to say it. But he just believed in getting the right education, the education that fit. For example, he said, A man only learns in two ways, one by reading, the other by association with smarter people. And he also said, and this goes along with the idea of getting the proper education, and he kind of added to it, he said, there are three kinds of men. The one that learns by reading, the few who learn by observation, and the rest of them have to pee on the electric fence for themselves. <laughs> Ain't that the truth? You see, Will Rogers pretty much had his finger on the pulse of the American people. And, as we will find out, much of what Will Rogers said throughout his lifetime in his speeches, in his radio broadcasts, and his writings is still as relevant or even more so today than they were back then. Now let's just look at Will's newspaper column, for example. Will Rogers' daily column, his daily column, doing this every single day, they were kind of short and to the point, and then his weekly column that he did on the weekends. They were a little bit longer, a little more drawn out, but anyway, they were printed in over 500 newspapers across the country. His column alone reached 40 million people, which is huge, and especially huge for that time, considering the population in America at that time, the mid-1920s to the mid-1930s, was about 120 million people, not the 330 million we have today. So his column alone reached one-third of the country. The other two-thirds of the country, they might not have been reading his column, but one-third of the remainder knew Will Rogers through his radio broadcasts and his films. The remaining third, well, I can only guess, but I'm sure they were too busy chasing frogs and pulling pigtails, if I had to guess. So today, I'm quite certain that nobody enjoys this kind of success. With all the avenues for news and entertainment that we have today, nobody has these kind of numbers. And, you know, I don't want to mention any names or anything because I don't want people like, say, 
Bill Maher or Stephen Colbert or or uh, who's the guy with the hair and the glasses and the mouth? Stern, Howard Stern. Yeah, I don't want to. I don't want them to be embarrassed or offended or anything. And you know, I know it's not a competition, but Will Rogers kicks their butt. One of the titles or labels or whatever you want to call it that we give to Will Rogers is that he was a humorist because he was funny. And though he was wildly successful, he was also down to earth. He once said that it is great to be great, but it is greater to be human. And right there you have the crux of who Will Rogers was. That was him in a nutshell. If Will had a bias, it was that he often favored the working man over celebrities and politicians and the like, though he connected with everyone. So you see, the elites of that era were more often than not the target for Will's wit and humor. Now, let me back up, let me rephrase that a little bit, because the word target is more of a gotcha word that we would use in today's headlines. So I think it would be more accurate to say that the elites of that era were more often than not were the focus of Will's wit and humor. And that is precisely what it was, good-natured humor. Will Rogers didn't target anyone. He wasn't mean. He wasn't out to destroy anyone. What he did was, was remind us all, every one of us, that no matter who you are or where you come from, you still put your pants on one leg at a time, just like everyone else. So now let's, let's go back just a little bit. Like I said, Will left the whole business of school behind him in the 10th grade, mostly because he was restless and bored. But when he was 14, though, his, his father took him to the Chicago's World's Fair. And there he saw Buffalo Bill's Wild West show. And this had a huge effect on him. So shortly thereafter after he dropped out of school, but as still as a teenager, Will left home and went west to work as a cowboy on a ranch near Higgins, Texas. You know, breaking horses, rounding up cattle, doing what he does. And after a short time, though, Will returned home to manage the cattle on the family ranch. But it wasn't long before he grew restless again. And as much as he loved it, it wasn't quite doing it for him. So looking for something more adventuresome, I guess... He then found a job working on a cattle boat bound for Buenos Aires, Argentina. So in 1902, Will left for South America, where he briefly tried the cowboy life again. However, he found the wages far too low for, for what he needed. Then he saw an announcement for jobs in a Wild West show in South Africa. So Will caught a ship and made the long trip. In South Africa, is where he began his career in entertainment by performing as the Cherokee Kid in the traveling Texas Jack's Wild West show. Will rode horses and performed his rope tricks, doing what he did on the cattle ranch. Anyway, from South Africa, he went with the Wild West show to Australia and then to New Zealand. Will Rogers represented the youthful American frontier spirit to these overseas audiences, and they loved him. And when Will got back to America, 
he got jobs performing his act with a couple different Wild West shows, and he really hit it off with the audiences in New York. And Will kind of liked the big city. Then it was around 1907 or thereabouts when the Wild West show thing was starting to become less popular as the new vaudeville shows were becoming the new thing. Will easily took his act to the vaudeville stage and found great success and then transitioned that success into Broadway and other theatrical roles. Then, eventually, headlining the Zigfield Follies, which was the biggest show in the country. And it was these performances in particular that really cemented his appeal to the audience. Because when a rope trick didn't go quite as planned or he blew it completely, he would chat with the audience, make fun of himself and give them some one-liners and poke fun of whoever was in the headlines. He would really, really connect with them. And over the course of his career and his 40 million plus readers, his radio audience and everything, Will was able to connect with each person individually. He wasn't talking to the masses, he was talking to you. And so now, if you don't mind, I would like to offer up some of Will Rogers' common sense pieces of wisdom that are still true today, some more so than ever. For example, beginning with, common sense isn't so common. And good judgment comes from experience. And a lot of that comes from bad judgment. <laughs> Will once said, everything is changing. People are taking their comedians seriously and their politicians as a joke. Oh, and speaking of that, I love this one. He said, when Congress makes a joke, it becomes law. And when it makes a law, it's a joke. And then there's this. A fool and his money are soon elected. And then this one. I love this one. It's just a great visual. He said, this country has come to feel the same when Congress is in session as when the baby gets a hold of a hammer. <laughs> and we could go on and on with Will's thoughts on politics. So here's just a couple more. He said, be thankful we're not getting all the government we're paying for. <laughs> he also said, the more you observe politics, the more you've got to admit that each party is worse than the other. Oh, and concerning each party, he said, there's something about a Republican that you can only stand him for so long. On the other hand, there's something about a Democrat that you can't stand him that long. <laughs> and of course, there's this one. He said, I do not belong to an organized political party. I am a Democrat. So you see, Will Rogers himself was not immune to his wit and humor. <laughs> Will's political wit and punditry are still, to this day, second to none. And there is tons more just like that. Okay, so just one more on politics. He said, The only difference between death and taxes is that death doesn't get any worse every time Congress meets. <laughs> then there were the everyday you and me type issues that he addressed. He once said, even if you're on the right track, you'll get run over if you just sit there. But he also said, half our life is spent trying to find something to do with the time we have rushed through our lives trying to save. Oh, 
And how about this? It isn't what we don't know that gives us trouble. It's what we know that ain't so. <laughs> think about that. Oh, and then think about this one. He said, Last year we said things can't go on like this. And they didn't. They got worse. So now remember, these are just a few that came from what Will wrote in some of his columns as well as some of his speeches. And I'm just kind of throwing them out there. So, moving right along, Will told us, what the country needs is dirtier fingernails and cleaner minds. And, he said, we are all here for a spell. Get all the good laughs you can. <laughs> but, he also cautioned us to live in such a way that you would not be ashamed to sell your parrot to the town gossip. <laughs> and we could go on and on. So anyway... Will Rogers was contracted by Fox Studios to do 70 films. 70! That's a lot. And this was when Hollywood was really starting to learn how to make movies. I mean, Gone with the Wind and The Wizard of Oz and things like that. But anyway, it was the birth of Hollywood's golden age, you might say. And among all the things that Will Rogers was saying and doing and contracting, he was also a true advocate of flying. He was considered by some aviation's first ambassador. He flew all over the world and loved it. And then sadly, on August 15, 1935, Will Rogers, one of the most beloved American celebrities, died at the age of 55 in a plane crash in Alaska, along with the plane's pilot, famous aviator, Wiley Post. And this is just tragic on so many different levels at the time. But even today, so many people don't know who Will Rogers was. And this here is just barely a snapshot of the man. But why don't we remember him? Partly because, I think anyway, he had no platform like a Babe Ruth and baseball. And Will loved baseball. But there were no records chased or to be broken. And he left no product behind like Walt Disney or Henry Ford. He was a man of the times. And a man ahead of his time. And on the day of his funeral, movie theaters went dark. Broadcasting companies went off the air. And a nation wept. But Will Rogers did leave us with this thought. He said, don't let yesterday take up too much of today. Now mind you, he didn't say don't ever visit yesterday, just don't let it take up too much of your time. Like I said, today we need yesterday to help plot tomorrow. But don't worry too much about tomorrow either. Tomorrow will take care of itself. Thanks for listening. Until next time.